This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Tom and Warren on Joy. You're on Joy with Tom and Warren for breakfast. Tom, do you remember this song? Of course, that's Bop by Hanson. Or Hanson? Or Hanson? Hanson. <laughs> Hanson? Well, they are quite handsome. Have you seen them? The debut song for three brothers, aged between 11 to 16 at the time, shot to number one in 27 countries. It was nominated for two Grammys and was later voted by VH1 as the 20th greatest song of the 90s. Joining us this morning is the eldest sibling. Isaac Mbop is uh, 21 years old now. What do you guys attribute to its uh, amazing success? Well, most at this point, you know, it has a severe drinking habit, uh, <laughs> mostly mostly beer related, um, and uh, so you know, I don't know. It's good at parties. It's good. And, and what Isaac's trying to do there, Warren, is tell us there's a beer called Mbop. Ah, ah there's that a. It's actually Um Hops. Oh, Um Hops. There we go. Oh, I was close, wasn't yeah, I? I'm, I'm umbopped in the mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm actually drinking one right now, an Umhops Pale Ale by Hanson Brothers Beer Company. Well, lovely. Uh, unfortunately, here you're speaking to Melbourne in breakfast, and I'm not allowed to drink no. before 11. That's, it's a bit early. Yeah. Oh, so, well, you know, it's, it's, good that it's good that it's the evening for me. Excellent. <laughs> Listen, you and your brothers were performing as a group uh, for, for five years before you had your commercialist success. Uh, you were 11 mm-hmm. at the time. Taylor was nine. Zach was six. Uh, so are you guys, has yeah. that made you guys really close or do you like to beat each other up in between sets I would actually go with the latter we do <laughs> beat each other up in between sets but we don't ever uh, hit above uh, the neck you know so that so the wounds are mostly like internal and uh, underneath shirts so they're easily covered up well I'm glad Bruising, you I'm you glad know. you said that because let me tell you you're three bloody hot young men and you keep getting hotter <laughs> so we don't want to destroy that face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I appreciate that very, very much. I, but, I uh, yeah. Look, we don't have the other ones here with us, Isaac. Here in Australia, we have the Hemsworth brothers. You might have heard of Chris and Liam Hemsworth. They've also yes, got a yes. real dud brother called Luke, you know. And then if you look about the the Baldwins, you've got Alex Stephen and the dud one, Daniel. Come on, mate. The others aren't here. Which one's the dud one in the family? <laughs> there has to be one that you're carrying. Uh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm going to go with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's too nice. <laughs> Isaac, you started you started out singing 50s rock and roll songs like uh, Rock and Robin, yeah. a-, a cappella. Yeah. Is that the kind of mm-hmm. music pre-teens were into in the 90s? Uh, no, it, it was just us weird Hanson brothers. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we kind of, by a fluke, we were living um, outside the United States in Spanish-speaking South America. And uh, before we left, our mom had purchased uh, a cassette tape that had about 22 different singles from 1958. And we just listened, amongst other things, we listened to that and, and a bunch of other kind of albums just on repeat. And that was some of the music that we just fell in love with because we were out of the country for a long time. And so when we came back to the U.S., we really we listened to a lot of uh, you know oldies radio stations uh, because that was some of the stuff that we liked the most. And I mean, you know, I listened to a lot of other modern music as well, but but that 
uh, that late 50s, early 60s R&B and rock and roll really made a strong impression and, and continued to be a huge uh, inspiration for us as we, as we uh, went on in our you know, kind of musical pursuits. In fact, so much so that <laughs> when, when uh, one of our neighbors back in the United States, once we'd returned from South America, when our neighbors uh, was over and, and he, uh, he said, oh, what's that music you're listening to? And Zach said, oh, oh it's, the, it's the Jackson 5. And he said, the Jackson who? He said, the Jackson 5. Like, Michael Jackson is like, you don't know who the Jackson 5 is? He's like, no. And Michael was like, you need to leave my house. <laughs> I he do, kicked the guy out because he didn't know who the Jackson 5 were. I do the same in my house if you don't know who Kylie Minogue or Abba is. You do get asked to remove yourself from my property. You so I can understand. There you go. I mean, totally understandable. <laughs> Isaac, on your new album and live tour, you're reimagining um, your music with a full symphony orchestra performing with you on stage. How do the songs mm-hmm. translate? Uh, very well and also very uh, very kind of different from song to song. I mean, it's, it's been really fun to take that risk and, and have the opportunity to work, uh, especially alongside our friend David Campbell, who's a um, Oscar winner, who's a composer. He's also uh, arranged... Um, for countless albums uh, that have, you know, been multi-multi-platinum all around the world. And in fact, actually, he's the only string arranger we've ever used on our music. Mm. Uh, we used him back uh, in the 90s on our first album, Middle of Nowhere, and on this time around, and countless other times. And then he was, our, he was of course, our first, you know, the first person on our, on our wish list. And we said, well, David... Here, here's the idea. You know, we're yep. we're wanting to do new music, but we're wanting to connect the new music with the old music and come up with a kind of a a progression, a story. Um, and and he loved what we were talking about, and so he spent you know months on end working with us uh, to realize the vision. Excellent. Look, because I mean, you guys known for playing instruments. Did, did you have to learn to play it different so you weren't competing with the orchestra, or have you picked up a new instrument like a, a woodwork or? Well, um, I am actually studying cello right now, which is kind of fun, oh, and, wow. and that's just a personal that's just a personal choice. After doing all this work, I just said to myself, "Well, you know, I want to I want to stretch myself even more musically, and, and this is a fun way to kind of go down that road." So, who knows what that'll produce over time? Uh, but in the meantime, um, yeah, I mean, we we definitely for us this show is not about. Um, the band and then the orchestra is kind of in the background. The idea is that the, that it is very much about playing with the symphony. It is very much about making sure that the songs uh, shine and are unique and different and fun, um, and, and also very in some cases very you know you know spooky and very heart wrenching depending on the song and and i think um i think we've we've found a really good balance i mean there are some songs that literally are only vocals and the orchestra and then there are some songs that are like in your face aggressive you know rock guitar with you know string section hitting the the riff that the guitar is playing. So I mean, it's it's everything under the sun. It's got. A, it sounds fantastic. I cannot wait. Now, look, you've got some new music written for this album. Was it a different process writing with the orchestra in mind? Um, well, I mean, it was. It was uh, as when you're doing anything unique and different. It was in. It was a challenge in its own way because you want to make sure that uh, you that you don't. Um, shall we say, fill all of this space. But what was really fun for me was actually that there were musical ideas that 
we had that we said to ourselves, well, instead of you know an organ or a or some kind of keyboard or a guitar part doing that, we'll just let the orchestra do it. Oh wow! You know, and and, that, and I think that was really the key for us was just saying, wait a second, we don't have to do everything. We 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 can let the orchestra really be up front and center. I mean, there's a couple of cases like, for example, there's a new song called Breaktown, and. Um, we actually wrote the song 15 years ago, but it never released it. And we're always waiting for the right project because we've always loved this song, but it just needed to find the right place. And sure enough, string theory was the place for it. And there's a solo, there's a guitar solo that is also played by the entire uh, string section. So the entire string section and the guitar are playing the exact same riff, and it's really, really cool. That's just a random example yeah. of some of the fun things that you're able to do with an orchestra that you could never do otherwise. One of your other tracks is uh, called Reaching for the Sky. What's that one about? Well, that one uh, in, in some ways almost describes the full storyline of of the show, String Theory. But basically, the story, the story is told uh, from the point of view of, of a young boy who's you know, trying to pursue his dreams, yeah. trying to do crazy things and potentially impossible things or things that others doubt him uh, in, in doing and so on. And he and he says, no, I'm going to try for it anyway, even though it seems crazy, because uh, I think in my own head and my own heart, it's not crazy and I'm willing to take the risk. And so in a lot of ways, that's what the show is about. Uh, look, so we're going to have a listen now to one of your new songs from the album, Siren yeah. Call. Is this one got a story behind it as well? Uh, yeah, this song, uh, this song comes into the show where um, things kind of take a turn for the character. You know, the character has been dreaming big dreams, chasing his dreams, trying to find the, trying to find the, you know, the, the optimism and the excitement, and he reaches this high, and then all of a sudden, this scary, uh, this scary reality of things not always going the way you hope they will comes in. And this song is um, has a reference to uh, Od- Odysseus, Homer's Odyssey, and and basically talks about the sirens who are calling, uh, who are calling the sailors to their doom to crash into the rocks. And so basically, the song is all about trying to keep focus on on the on the dream and on the on the future and not fall victim to your own demise well i'm going to relate to that one i've tried to get a few semen against my rocks as well but we won't go into that this early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> look hanson string theory album is available tomorrow on all digital platforms and the australian tour kicks off in melbourne at the palais theater on february the 27th you go to ticket masters for all your tickets we cannot wait i can't wait to hear umbop reimagined isaac it's been great to speak with you on joy today we wish you all the best for the album um, and we'll see you here in february yeah look forward to being back in australia thanks guys Cheers. thanks isaac Wake up with Tom and Warren, Thursdays for breakfast on Joy. Tune in to 94.9 in Melbourne. Stream live at joy.org.au or download the Joy app. Available via podcast at joy.org.au on iTunes or your favourite podcasting platform. Joy Podcasts, where you want them, when you want them. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.